From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, social media specialist and meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Jen Watson, freelance on-camera meteorologist, speaker, and former meteorologist on the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywar Network radio operator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter, Bill Johnson. Hi, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. Uh, this is the Stormfront Freaks podcast and Stormfront Freaks Raw. Thank you for listening. And those of you watching uh, during our live broadcast, so we're now doing that whole live thing, which some of you are used to. Uh, yes. Some of us aren't, but some, some of you guys are live broadcast uh, broadcasters. Uh, so it's nothing new for, and that's why we have you on the show because the rest of us would uh, peel under the, the stress. <laughs> and we we know that yep. we know that. Yeah, uh, this is episode nineteen, and our guest is TV meteorologist and storm photographer Ross Ellett. Uh, we'll also be discussing those annoying severe weather cut-ins to your favorite TV show. Oh, yeah. yeah, that you guys all hate uh, when when they cut into your jeopardy. And if, if you're watching us live on our Stormfront Freaks Raw YouTube channel, um, MJ, I'm going to make you talk a little bit. I know you're not feeling great, but w- how can they submit questions or comments? Well, if they're uh, looking at the actual full screen YouTube uh, video, they will be able to see a chat window kind of to the uh, right, I believe, of the screen, and they can enter comments there. And I've already seen a couple people have uh, entered comments. So, cool. All right. Uh, Welcome. They're, they're figuring it out. We love you. Um, so, hey, it is happy hour. So if you are listening or watching now, I, I have to be careful because a lot of people listen to the audio podcast, and I think most probably listen in their car. So I want to make sure it's not happy hour for you because <laughs> you're driving. Right, right. But for those of you watching right now uh, or, or listening, not in the vehicle, it's happy hour. I'm stealing that from uh, Kim. So let's quick introduce everyone and find out what they're drinking. MJ, let's go ahead and start with you. All right. Good evening, everyone. This evening, I have a classic uh, Captain Morgan spiced rum and Coke in a Star Wars Clone Wars glass. <laughs> and it's a cup. Styling. That is styling. I've, I've got tonight, uh, if you're familiar with Shock Top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have a limited edition twisted pretzel wheat beer yeah. that has kind of a, a, a pretzel. I, I'm a huge fan of the big pretzels, like the yes. ballpark pretzels. Oh, yeah. And it's got a, it's You can tell there's a little pretzel flavor really? to it. I'm not usually a wheat beer fan, but this does have a pretzel mm-hmm. taste to it. Dina, how about you? Um, well, I'm way boring compared to you guys. I got my sparkling ice again. You don't have to yeah. work tomorrow. How I don't, not but I'm still us? on that yeah. after Christmas diet thing, and it's getting really annoying. Hey, I want to have a drink. You had champagne after Christmas. I did. Well, December yeah, was like, right. I just let it go. I was a happy camper in December. I ate and drank whatever I want. And uh, now I got to kind of pay for it, you know? So. No alcohol, which is kind of annoying. All right. Well, we got another sickie in the group, I think. Maz, or what, what are you down in tonight? Oh, well, first of all, I'm in my awesome Huskers cup. Ooh. You got to have that. All Go right. Huskers, right? Yeah, huh? Right, oh, yeah. Creighton gal? Anyway, so uh, I have the wonderful orange-flavored emergency. And, uh, oh, those yes, are good. I will tell I, you, 
they would sell more if they put alcohol in here. I'm just saying. Okay. They probably would. I am a fan of, of emergency. That's good. I, that, bet, that vodka, I bet vodka goes in. <laughs> oh. I'll try it later. Oh, it tastes so good. You know, if you have too much water, it tastes even better. Oh, just <laughs> Jen, Jen, what do we drink in this evening? You got your hair down. You're going nuts tonight, aren't you? I know, and I've got a live crowd. So we've got... <laughs> Wait, which so... one's wearing the cone? For those of you watching, it's actually Ari's cone. <laughs> I put it on Ari sometimes. <laughs> He's misbehaving. Um, no, our dog got oh, my God. So, um, Okay, I'm sorry. What do you got? Oh, you're back to the dance sign. So wait, have wait, you wait. totally switched or what? Well, I'm I'm still undecided. So I'm kind of um, playing there between two go. different ones. So. Yeah. You decided you're playing the field. Oh my God, that's what you have to do sometimes. Jen, Jen is playing the water, the sparkling water field. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and, and use this time now to welcome the newest member of our team, former Weather Channel meteorologist and actually last episode's guest, Kim Cunningham. Yay! So Kim, Yay! Welcome officially to the team. Uh, I bet when you joined us as a guest, you didn't know two weeks later you'd be a co-host, did you? No, I didn't. But, you know, I was I was hoping. I thought, boy, this is <laughs> fun to do, you know, some of my favorite people here. Absolutely. Did, did you get your Stormfront Freaks tattoo yet? No. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> wow. You guys go first. Yeah, you guys <laughs> go first. Let's go. Do we all put it in the same place? You know, I, I just I was thinking, thank God we got you on before President Trump put his hiring freeze on because we might have been screwed. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> At that point. But Kim, welcome. We love uh, we're glad you're part of the team. And, and uh, as we told Jen rather recently, because Jen, you're not the rookie anymore. So your I honeymoon is officially big. over. Yeah. But we told Jen, and we'll tell you, Kim. You, you better. You might not know what you did when I you said yes. <laughs> I have a feeling you, I know what I did. You, you might have some bad dreams after tonight. We'll see. Okay. Does, that mean, uh, does that mean that Jen doesn't have to take the trash out anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. I don't have to buy job. you guys beer anymore. Oh. Oh, no, no, you still you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> forgot you forgot me on that. Uh, and then we, we're, Ross, we're going to include you in, in our happy hour. Uh, what are you drinking tonight for the guy that's got to get up at how early in the morning? Uh, yeah, 2 o'clock. Okay. 2 o'clock. You're coming up in the morning. Oh, There's some water here. It looks like a bowling pin that this water's in. Yeah. Very oh, cool. cool. Nice. Wow, you got to have a special <laughs> bottle for your water, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's Damn. refreshing. Okay. But even when I worked that early shift, I, at least I had a little glass of wine before I went to bed. So <laughs> and before we're learning, <laughs> and hey, Kim, we're learning a lot about you right now yes. that that maybe you shouldn't be learning about. I don't know. And it's because of this. It's because of the truth. This is oh, and, oh, yeah. We didn't ask you. I'm sorry. I didn't ask you. What are you drinking? Obviously, that's okay. You're gonna. I introduced you, me. but didn't ask you what you're drinking. Yeah, that's cool. This it's is called the fun. truth. So what it's is it? Yeah, it's the truth. Is, is there one called the Dare? There should be. <laughs> so where did you get the Cincinnati beer? Oh, I, every time I go up there, I bring a bunch home. So okay. all different kinds. But this is probably my favorite of the IPAs up there for my Good house. For and um, yeah, after a few of these, you tell the truth. And that is <laughs> so great. I'm only going to drink it's, one, it's though, with you guys. Dina's magic lasso. Uh, we will get the truth. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, give everybody a little update on what's going on. There's a lot. There is a lot happening right now. Not only have we added Kim as a co-host, uh, but we're going to be simulcasting 
and syndicating our show on Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV Giddy every up. week. Ooh, cool. Um, cool. So beginning Thursday, February 9th, uh, Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV, which you can get on the internet, you can app, you can download the app, you can get it on Roku, Apple TV. Um, they're going to be simulcasting our live shows, but beginning February 9th, they're also going to be uh, syndicating uh, previous shows that we've had. So every Thursday night, if you're watching that and, and folks in Oklahoma are going to find out about the storm front freaks. Yes. Uh, but because of this, we're now going to be broadcasting our raw recordings of the show live at 9 p.m. Eastern cool. instead of 9.30. So we're now, for all of our uh, folks watching, uh, 9 o'clock p.m. every other Thursday because we're a biweekly show. That's, uh, that's now... It's so we'll be broadcasting. Cool. Yeah, it's just so exciting. Uh, yeah, that is exciting. That is exciting. That's right. So Six let's uh, let's let's get to uh, let's get to our guest, which is uh, what we're all about. While we're here, anyways, uh, they're the ones that that always make our show because people don't listen to us. Uh, mm-hmm. Dina, I'm going to go ahead and introduce. Uh, have you introduce Ross? All right, tonight we welcome Ross Ellett. Now he is an Emmy-nominated television meteorologist. He works Whoa. at. Uh, 13 ABC in Toledo. Uh, He has uh, quite a few places he's lived as well. He's lived in West Lafayette, Indiana. He's been in West Virginia, Arkansas, Columbus, and now Toledo. He's a storm photographer. And I'm wondering, Ross, like, damn, man, you're like kind of a little bit of a slacker here, bud. (laughs) (laughs) And the best part is like when he was in West Virginia, it said he was one the youngest chief meteorologist in the country. That's awesome. So what's going on here? Good gosh. I know. You're overachiever, man. <laughs> I love so, you I mean, friends. How did you get into this? And, and especially, like, how did you become a chief so young? Well, part of it was, um, I mean, the circumstance, I guess. So, you know, being back in West Virginia, that was a, a very small market. So obviously that certainly helps. So a small television station to begin with. But, um you know, I think a lot of it's hard work. A lot of it was circumstance. Um, in West Lafayette, I went to school at Purdue and was able to get a part-time job. Well, one day I went to the TV station, the job shadow, and they could never get rid of me. So I think I was there for like three or four years. And eventually they just hired me as a, a part-time meteorologist on the weekends, and, and things kind of escalated from there. So um, I think hard luck and some of it, you know, hard, hard work and some of it's good luck. Um, but uh, certainly been fortunate. It's been a fun ride so far. So was that really hard for you to go from that to achieve that quickly? I mean, a lot of times it takes a lot, at least some experience. Was that a, a huge change for you? Yeah, a little bit, but not not just that part of the job that was um, a little bit more challenging. It was more, that was the first time I really had gotten out of the area altogether. So I grew up in Indiana, went to Purdue, you know, had that first job there. But then all of a sudden, completely do, new location, new atmosphere, and new um, environment, you know, with the people. And it was in Southern West Virginia. It was a very poor um, area overall. And uh, certainly the, the weather part of the forecasting was different as well. We had mountains, we had mountain snow, you had uh, not a whole lot of severe weather, but when you did get severe weather down there, it impacted people much more heavily than what, um, say, a you know big snowstorm would. So it wasn't just, you know, the people and trying to understand how things worked but also trying to figure out how the forecasting was going to change and how that was going to impact people's lives as well. So 
Um, definitely a lot of learning <laughs> that first couple of years. Wait, wait a minute. Did you say new atmosphere? <laughs> Isn't it the same atmosphere <laughs> yeah. for all of us? I guess technically it is, yeah. It's, it's a different atmosphere for, for me. Uh, definitely a different atmosphere. So what was it like working in um, Tornado Alley in Arkansas? Were you there um, for April 27th? April 27th. Which, which year? we? Twenty eleven. <laughs> yes. So, yes, it was it was wild. Um, really glad that, that I went to, you know, northwest Arkansas is where I was at. So, um, I mean, just from the winter weather to the severe weather aspect of it. Now, Tornado Alley, working there during severe weather season, it was a blast. But you learned quickly, um, not just, you know, how these severe storms work. I think, you, you know, you have a pretty good idea of that going through your education. But the impact that these storms can have. I mean, all of a sudden, it's like going from minor league severe weather, you know, these uh, microbursts and stuff like that to all of a sudden having what we call big boy storms, you know, some yeah. anywhere from golf ball size, hail up to baseball size, and then, of course, the tornadoes as well. And, and when it came to, we were one county south of Joplin. And wow. I remember that going through working that night. But we had, I was almost wasn't aware of, of the severity of it because we had several tornadoes in our area that night that we were focusing on. Everything was kind of a buzz, but then it was just a couple of days later, we had that high risk and a big tornado outbreak that we really got um, raked over the coals with that too. So that was probably the biggest tornado weather. You don't think of Arkansas as having winter weather. It's in the South, you know, it, it just, it just rains all the time, right? They don't have any winter weather. I was only there a few months and we had uh, that, and back in 2009, so late January 2009, I can't believe it's, I was just talking to uh, my old chief meteorologist from there. I can't believe it's been eight years now since it's happened. But we had the largest ice storm probably in that area's history. I think the Weather Channel had a post that I saw on the, an article, you know, a couple of weeks ago, where it was like the third largest or whatever by, by that measure. I don't know how you measure that stuff, but mm-hmm. it was incredible. We had one to three inches of ice accumulation, wow. and it brought down for some spots for three weeks and incredible being in some big snowstorms and everything else i still think that was probably the most dramatic thing that i've ever seen i mean it looked like an ef1 tornado just hit everything i mean every tree was impacted oh my gosh so what an experience eight years ago weren't you like 12 or something (laughs) (laughs) uh mid-20s mid-20s he he was the doogie hauser of the weather industry (laughs) that's very true so how do you like being back in the Midwest? Um, I like it. Yeah, so I grew up around the Great Lakes area, and, you know, it's always good to, you know, married, I've got um, a set of twins, and, you know, being closer to home, we're just two hours from where we grew up, so um, it's nice. And it's also nice because all these big, you know, weather events that I used to chart and keep track of, you know, back when I was a kid or in high school, I mean, they also impacted this area. So all of those large uh, snowstorms. Today is the, the big 39th anniversary of the blizzard of 1978 for this part of the country. So, yeah. you know, even that, that was a storm that I remember growing up hearing stories of and seeing pictures of, and, and yet it had the same, well, not the same impact, but virtually the same impact just a couple hours away. I can say I actually lived through that. <laughs> so I remember <laughs> that very clearly. Yeah. But Ross, what, um, I want to hear about how you got into it. Because a lot of us who are in weather, we there's usually something that triggers that passion at an early age. So you were pretty young when this started, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I was in, you know, kindergarten, first grade. I remember being uh, fearful of storms. So at that point, it was, um, you know, I lived in the upstairs part of the house. We didn't have a whole lot of insulation. I mean, you get a storm to come through and hear that crack of thunder, and you're, you know, wide awake. And 
remember we'd run downstairs all the time and we'd try to, you know, sleep somewhere down there where it was, you know, a little bit more comforting. But in first grade, the, the teacher a couple of times had to take me out of the class because I was, would get so worked up over some of these severe storms. And, and I don't know when that all changed, but I remember starting to go into the library and was the curiosity of weather and really severe storms in particular started to grow in fourth grade and fifth grade. And um, at some point, the more I started to learn that that interest didn't go away, it just continued to become more and more fuel, but I wasn't as afraid anymore. In fact, I was more, more and more excited about weather. So it went from a fear and kind of flipped over to this uh, passion and fascination that uh, hasn't gone away. Hmm. So what's your favorite type of weather to forecast? I would say to forecast probably big winter storms, um, but then severe weather's right there too. They're just two completely different animals. Uh, for severe weather, you, know, you could look at a seven-day forecast and go, yeah, that doesn't look good, or the ingredients are there, but it isn't really until you get within that 24-hour period to where you really start you know, looking at stuff and things become very active. And then it it's intense, but it comes on and it, it moves away pretty quick, where winter storm, I mean, those can be exhausting, but there's so many little things that can mess that forecast up. It makes it very challenging, whether you're four or five days out or right in the middle of the storm. Well, so you're so you're talking winter storms, and obviously you can say that living in in Toledo. Uh, but mm-hmm. but obviously you've you've got a history too, Ross. Of of while you're at Purdue, I understand you you did a lot of storm chasing. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. Yeah, Purdue was uh, you know they didn't like to have an, an organized storm chase team for of course. liability reasons, as you can probably <laughs> imagine. But uh, we did. Yeah, we formed our own storm chasing uh, group, and whether I was back with base support again it's it's amazing i mean just you know with a phone these days i mean you can do what probably four different people did you know back back at that point where you'd have somebody you know hanging out looking at a radar looking at maps you know contacting the other three or four people in the vehicle and everybody had their own assigned position and what they were doing so it was a lot different at that point and um and i'm sure it'll be different in the future as well but so yeah it was a lot of fun getting out there in the planes a couple times and um seeing some tornadoes and but once you're out there and kind of see all that evolve it's it's amazing it's like things start to click you look at the textbook you see the pictures you, you know you go through everything but when you actually get out there it's it's much different is there anything memorable i mean uh, any particular chase or i i think for me probably the most memorable day was and I, i'm trying to think of the exact date on this it was i want to say may 30th 2004, somewhere around that time frame. And this one, we didn't have to travel far for at all. This pretty much impacted all of Indiana. I think Illinois was in that tornado outbreak, maybe parts of Ohio as well. I think Wisconsin was in it, if I remember right, too. But um, big tornado outbreak, that was the same day as the Indianapolis 500. So, you know, remember, there was several rounds of rain that kept delaying, but there was tornado that came close to the Indy 500 that day. Um, But also, where we were in Lafayette, West Lafayette, there were a couple tornadoes kind of on the outskirts of the city. Uh, and that was the first time I think I've ever seen you know, supercell form a tornado, go through the whole process, kind of recycle, put another one down. And it was all all right there. I got some video at that point, too. But, of course, video back then uh, you know, wasn't nearly as good as it is today. But it was, it was certainly a sight to see. That was probably the most memorable one. So, so where would be your dream job? Where would you want to live? And remember, your news director may be listening. <laughs> no, I actually, I, I've, I've always liked this spot where we've got the four seasons. So I'm really happy with where, uh, where I'm at. You know, Arkansas was fun during the springtime. 
Arkansas could be fun at times during the winter because, you know, anything that happened had a big impact on people. I hated the summers. I could not stand it there uh, during the summertime. The 100-degree heat. Yeah. All the, um, humidity all, was bad, too. Oh, right? my goodness. Yes. Oh, yeah, lots of humidity. So you go too far north and, you know, snow's fun, but I don't want to deal with it all year, all year uh, long as well. So. so I've looked at some of your photography and it's stunning. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. I'm like, I think I'm going to purchase that one, that one, <laughs> and that image. Um, so what is your favorite, um, like, environment to photograph? Is it more of like a winter scene? Because I've seen you've gone far north, you know, but you've got some springtime photos as well. Like, how did you get into photography? And how often do you, you know, go out and take photos? Um, I'd say... Getting into photography, it all started with lightning. I think that's kind of what really got me interested with it. I mean, I like take, taking photos of weather because I like weather, you know. But uh, I remember being an intern at that first TV station that I was at, and somebody said, you know, I heard somebody said that you can take a photo of lightning if you have a camera with a B function. I didn't even know what that was. Um, I didn't know anything about it, but I said, okay, I'm going to do some research and found an old film camera on eBay and, and started from there. But um, lightning... Lightning and Aurora photography are by far my two favorite forms of photography. So Aurora, not as much weather-related, although it's similar. So very, yeah, so very space-related. Space yeah. So did you ever? I'm use not a sure what this, you ever use a golf club that? Air, like when you're photographing lightning? <laughs> no, and you know, and it's that's a tricky one too because a lot of times I'll set the camera up and get that position and then get back in my car. Or when I was in Arkansas, some of those the best lightning shots that I had, I thought, Oh, this is getting intense. So I'd open up the garage door and place the camera far enough back to where it could still look out and get a good vantage point, but probably wasn't going to get rained on. And I would set up automatically and then get back in the house. So wow. it's always a tricky line between you know, safety and then trying to figure out how to get those photos. But lightning just absolutely fascinates me as much as the tornado does. I mean, a good lightning storm just because of the, the details of lightning, you can't predict where that next strike is going to go. Um, where a lot of times with the tornado, you can at least kind of see the motions where you're looking on radar or visually. So, Have you ever ruined um, any of your cameras, though? I mean, I would be worried all that <laughs> equipment. I have not um, I have not ruined the actual camera itself, but I have busted up a couple lenses. So, um, yeah, that's happened. And those, yeah, see, one, was, one was a waterfall, <laughs> and uh, another was um, just got a bit of a breeze and wasn't anchored down. It just flopped over and, and busted it off, so. Outside of that, though, I've been pretty lucky. All right. So you, so obviously you do a lot of Aurora photography as well. And so I would be remiss not to ask you because one of the reasons, uh, as you know, that I got in touch with you to come on the show uh, was a friend of yours said, we got to have you on and ask you about the <laughs> Japanese Aurora film. Ooh, so I yes. will leave it at that. What is wow. this Japanese Aurora? <laughs> no, film? wait, wait. What are we talking about? That's intriguing. It's a. Mm-hmm. It, it was apparently it was <laughs> a Japanese film on auroras, uh, <laughs> and and I need to have you explain the rest, Ross. PG thirteen. So, yeah, no, 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 it's, it's it's very PG. I don't even know where to begin with this because looking back at it, it's still such a such a bizarre. Um, story, such a bizarre scenario to where I'm trying to did that really happen, but. Out of the blue, at one point, when this was when I was back in Arkansas, and think about this, Aurora in Arkansas. Um, I, again, I don't know how this all happened, but I got a phone call from uh, my chief meteorologist saying, there is some Japanese lady that keeps calling and saying, you must call back. So I don't, 
mean, I've never had anything like that happen before. I don't know what's going on. So he provides me the information he thinks is urgent. Um, I call back and I get this whole, you know, spiel about we're doing a, a film on the 35th parallel and we're coming to Arkansas and we want to do something on Aurora's. And I'm thinking Arkansas and Aurora, those two don't usually go together. I think there was only out of the three and a half years I was in Arkansas, there was only one time where it was even visual and it was brief and photos from that were not very good. Um, you're just so far out there um, when it comes to Aurora photography. So. I mean, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was some sort of prank or something. So I said, okay, email me some information or something. And they did, and they were very persistent. You must get back with this. My director, I don't know how many times I heard that. My director must must know, you know, what's going on. So, you know, I talked to my wife about it for a while, and I thought, I don't, this is almost too bizarre not to at least kind of tiptoe into it and kind of figure out more info into it. And um, they just wanted your bank short, account, right? They just, what's that? They just wanted your bank account number. I don't even that. speak Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, they ended up, um, they had, it was all in back in Japan. But they had a uh, production facility in LA. Well, they ended up flying. I think it was out to Northwest Arkansas. I don't think it was Little Rock, but regardless, they flew out to Arkansas. Um, it was my two days off. I ended up meeting me. And I remember they got there about the time the kids got off the bus. And so, I don't even know what's going on right now. We're walking down the street and sure enough, you got the guy with like the boom mic, you know, back behind, you know, back behind the guy with the camera and then um, somebody asking questions essentially. And they're following me as I pick up the kids at the bus and, you know, and we had warned the kids. I don't know what's going to happen, but was, <laughs> they were young. I think they were, they were in kindergarten at that point. And so we go back to the house and they're asking, it was basically two days of, of interviews and they try to do all these shoots. Uh, the most, uncomfortable by far most uncomfortable thing was when we were eating dinner um so they were filming us as we're eating like spaghetti you know trying to act like everything's normal it was the most <laughs> awkward thing in the world and uh, we went out they wanted to, to shoot me shooting the aurora and i told them i said look it, this is not gonna happen i mean i've been here three years i've seen it one time <laughs> so we know we, we know but we'll you know we'll, we'll fake it or whatever and uh, sure enough it was a cloudy night and we drove we drove south because they wanted to get closer to the 35th parallel. That was very important to them. So I think we drove like an hour south. So whole wow. thing very, very strange. So but, uh, <laughs> I know. And then, and then that was it. It was gone. Oh, they also ended up taking printing up like headshots of me going in town. I found out this later, and we're holding it up, asking if people knew who I was. They were trying to interview some of my coworkers as well. I mean, the whole thing was strange. They wanted to come to the TV station, but we didn't. You know. I didn't know if they would think what I didn't, I didn't even know how I was going to explain that to them. So I'm like, no. Are you sure that wasn't like America's Most Wanted or something? <laughs> yeah. I was wondering maybe the woman liked you a little bit too much. Yeah. I, I don't know. And here's the best wow. part is, you know, they sent me the DVD. We watched it and laughed. But I have no idea what they were saying. I mean, the whole thing was in Japanese. Oh, so oh, no clue. They could have been making fun of me the whole time. I wouldn't have no idea. It's a lot of bowing and business cards, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Good. Uh, hey, MJ, do we have some uh, listener questions? Yeah, we got a viewer question. One of our face, uh, Facebook, one of our YouTube uh, viewers, uh, Debbie, she talked about a, a sort of a near miss she had with the Joplin tornado where uh, she, she almost was there and then, then wasn't. But her question for uh, our guest here is, um, have you had any like weather misses with forecasting where the weather just took a turn you didn't expect? <laughs> Good okay, so I've got, I've got a, I don't know. You know, hopefully I'm not taking up too much time, but this is my probably my favorite story of my career so far. And this, again, we're going to go back to Arkansas for the story. Um, so, you know, 
not far from Joplin. This is Northwest Arkansas. And you know what? I think it was that same year. I think it was a month or two before. 2011 was one of the wackiest weather years, um, definitely of my career, but that, that I can remember. So we had it set up to where we had eight days where we had lots of snow. It got to the point to where heavy snowstorms seemed to be a common thing down there. And this was our eighth day. It was our last storm. And again, I was working the morning shift. So I came in early and everything was ready to go. And it almost felt too right. I mean, I got up early, one o'clock in the morning. I'm talking with the chief. We looked over the new data together. He was still at the station. I was at home. Everything checked out. Everything matched our forecast. And we were not going light of mouse to begin with. We had four to eight inches of snow in the forecast. That's a lot for, yeah. for North Arkansas. Yeah. That's a ton. And... So we're, we look at all the new data, no reason to change it. We look at radar. I mean, the storm's about to come in. Um, I'm driving to work. We get the first flurries. It's right on time. Everything's fine. The light snow started right on time. Um, I'm talking with the producers, and everybody was laid back and relaxed, and that always makes me nervous. <laughs> and it's a relaxed atmosphere. Something isn't right. And we got to about half hour before the show started. I remember hitting loop on the radar a few times because I thought the radar had rose and didn't look at the image had changed for a half hour and we had just one little thin band that was coming in and it kind of reminded me of like a lake effect snow band but it just kind of was sitting there and but okay i'm you know what i was like i'm just and all my graphics are done again this doesn't happen either it's a half hour before the show before a big storm usually you're scrambling and adjusting all the way through the show mm-hmm. and so i thought i'm gonna go outside and just just take a look and uh, I opened up the door and saw the heavy snow I think I've ever seen in my life. This the flakes were the size of half dollars wow. coming down. There was a photographer wow. from South Carolina that we had working for us, and he was—he didn't like snow. He was afraid of general weather, extreme weather to begin with. And he just had this bug-eyed look, you know, just looking at me. I think he just said, "Yeah," you know. <laughs> just, <laughs> but uh, it, 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 we had four inches of snow on the ground. And it had only started snowing. It was only snowing wow. for an hour. Oh my gosh! So. Four inches in an hour. I've never seen that before. And so I, I go back up and I'm hitting loop on the radar a couple times. And I, you know, we had four to eight. It's been snowing an hour. The forecast is, is done. And, but I don't know what to adjust it to. None of the computer models had, had anything. Um, really over eight or nine inches of snow. I think everything's kind of in that range. Called up the weather service and said, hey, we're right underneath that band, that mesoband. band. Just want to let you know what we've got here, what's going on. And there was kind of this nervous pause on the other end. Oh, no. you know, I've never I've never heard the weather service talking with them have a nervous sound like that before. Um, okay. And I I don't remember if he said it or I said it initially, but one of us said, we're gonna have to up that forecast. And the other one said, Yep. And I and I remember saying, but I don't know what I'm gonna up it to. And that was the end of the conversation. I mean both of us were just puzzled. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, what were the temperatures were probably, what were the temperatures outside? The, Oh, like 28 to 30, like right in that window. I mean, pretty optimal. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it got colder as we went. So, the, But, yeah, just inc- absolutely incredible. Well, the main the, anchor came in. And, what's that? What was the total? Uh, yeah, we're, we had uh, – I'll, I'll get to that here in just a second. I mean, we are going through <laughs> the show, and it's still adjusting. And I remember going right on the air, and um, I think I just drew a bubble. I mean, literally, the commercial before, I just put 8-plus – and uh, I said, look, I put the call out for people to give us reports. You know, I don't know who's up at 430, but give us some of those reports in. And uh, all the reports coming in were already 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, so was this a weekday where our kids were going to school? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, they were God. supposed to. I mean, that didn't yeah. happen. Um, 
<laughs> I remember at one point, and we have so many hits. I don't remember when it was, maybe 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And I said, okay, I got to go outside and see what's going on. And I opened up the door. And at that point, we probably had 11 inches of snow on the ground. Wow. I mean, it's, oh, my that God. Pace, that two to four inch pace didn't, didn't let up. And uh, I said, okay. So I called the chief. You know, and I, I, again, I don't think I've ever done that before. But it was, you know, something big is going on. But I knew if I don't call him now, he's not getting into the station. Mm-hmm. So I give him a call up on the phone, and he doesn't answer the first time. I said, all right, I'm going to give it one more time. Give him a call, and probably in the last ring, you know, he, he picks up. And uh, before I could even say anything, he's like, what's going on? I just had a horrible dream. This muzzle band just sat right on top of us and got dumped on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I'm no like, way. what? And I kind of oh, pauses no. it up. Okay, that's no dream. I said, that's happening. I said, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can even get to work, but if you can, you might want to leave now and, and get here. But look out the window before you go. He never looked out the window. He just he knew it was bad. If, if I'm calling him at that hour to, to get in, and he got dressed and opened up the garage door, I think had some choice words to say when he saw he, sure. you know, I don't know how he got there. We had over a foot at that point. And uh, wow. to answer the question of how much we got, we got um, – that, that narrow band, which happened to park itself right on the main population centers, we got up to 25 inches of snow with that. Oh, my God. In Arkansas. In Arkansas. that's how the record for the most oh, snow. Oh. Now, how, how good yeah. can Arkansas keep up with snow? Like Atlanta, not get an inch more um, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, no, I don't know who is going to keep are. up with 25 inches of snow. No, the, the roads were the roads were absolutely shut down. I think yeah. we didn't have any wind with it, which was kind of the strange thing. I mean, I guess that in a way that helped the probably the snow ratios, the accumulations add up a little better. But um, yeah, no, it was. You guys have snow plows? So, well, snow we have plows? some. <laughs> you know, I, we're, probably, we're probably better. We're probably better off than uh, Atlanta yeah. for that. But they got trucks. Yeah, the roads were the roads were rough for a while. And I remember that next morning we got down to like. 15 below zero or something oh, like that. No, yeah, we had nowhere. We had record cold that next morning after record snow. So. All right, well we're we're gonna keep yeah. moving forward here. Um, Ross, how can how can listeners get in touch with you or follow you on social media? Um, I've got a Facebook page, so meteorologist Ross Elliott put the meteorologist in front of the the Ross Elliott uh, can do that, and um, Ross Elliott WX on Twitter probably the best way. Cool. All right, so we're awesome. we're gonna jump to our lightning round, and, and Ross, I gave you a little heads up on this. This is our our special round of questions that we always have for our guests that may or may not be related to the weather. Uh, but tonight uh, we're bringing back match game, Stormfront Freak style. We're gonna play a little match game, and if you don't know how match game works, because there's actually a new one with Alec Baldwin that just came out. Um, I've watched. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so match game, we we've got our panelists of of uh b-level celebrities which is uh all of our stormfront freaks and then ross you're a contestant so you're really not competing with anybody uh it's it's (laughs) it's all for pride that's what we play for here on the show uh but we're gonna do match game i've got two questions and so i'll go through the question there's always a blank involved and so you you need to fill in the blank so ross we'll figure out what your answer to that is, and then we'll see how many of our Stormfront freaks you match up with. Okay. Uh, So if if you guys have, uh, if our our co-hosts have paper and and a pen or something like that to to write down, uh, we're good to go. If, If not, you'll just, whatever, you just... Just say it, but we'll we'll play the honor system. Uh, So here we go. We're going to start off with uh, number one. Are you ready? Everybody ready for this? Ready. This is going to test your 
weather vocabulary. Ooh. Okay. So I shared a website with my spouse the other day. So you can imagine where this is going. It, it was a page filled with pictures of glorioles. My spouse refused to open the page thinking it was pictures of blank. I didn't catch all that, Phil. Can you say I'll, it one I'll more time? It. I don't think you want to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, so I shared a website with my spouse the other day. It was a page filled with pictures of glorioles. Glorioles. Okay, you guys meteorologists, you should know what that is. My spouse refused to open the page thinking it was pictures of blank. All right, give you a couple of seconds. Oh, I have no idea. To uh, write down what you think. It, and it's obviously, if you guys know the match game, obviously the responses sometimes can be a little suggestive. Okay. Can uh, we but that here? Your, your goal as my celebrity panelist, your goal is to try and match what Ross says. Match what? Okay. Match what he says? Yeah, okay. you're trying to match him. That's Yeah, that's why it's called the match game. Okay. Or he's trying to match what you guys are, are going to write down. Okay. Okay. All right, so one more time. I shared a website with my spouse the other day. It was a page filled with pictures of glorioles. My spouse refused to open the page, thinking it was pictures of blank. Ross? Um, I don't know. Porn? I don't even know where we would go with Okay, we'll take that. Pictures of porn. Pictures of porn. All right, Jen, we'll start with you. Pictures of what? Oh, my what God. I didn't, say, I didn't say porn. Naughty Please. photos. Naughty photos. Hey, write you know anything what? down. Well, oh, you didn't write it down? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I was just stunned. Bad girl. <laughs> Bad girl. <laughs> you were stunned. But a good girl. Yeah, I here's here's what we'll do. Uh, naughty pictures and porn. We'll, we'll make it the same, okay? Uh, Dina, pictures of what? He's body parts. Uh, body parts. Close enough. That that sounds good to me. All right, Kim. Pictures <laughs> of what? I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Uh oh. Of course not. What? What? Women's breasts. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Maz? Well, I took the uh, English approach and I went um, birds, Fire. but Fire. bad Fire. birds. What are yeah. bad birds? Bad birds. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know about Naughty that. Naughty birds. That's good, Maz. Uh, and MJ. MJ. Pictures of what? Well, I was thinking maybe uh, overweight retired athletes. Okay, not quite. All right, so that's not too bad. Uh, Ross, you matched with the women. Surprisingly, the women all had dirty minds. I don't know. So do you guys know what a gloriole is? No. Ross, do you know what a gloriole is? It does not ring a bell. Yeah, you're shaking your head, yes. That's good. Doesn't it have to do with... I was thinking it was the shadow of an airplane um, when the sun, like, no, um, no. on the clouds. No, I'll stop you there. I'll stop you there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good try, Jen. That's a glory. So a gloriole is in the winter. You know, when the, when the sun is, a lot of times when it's rising and it gives you that aura around the sun. The halo? Uh, it's, kind of, the halo? That's called, it's like a halo. It's called a gloriole. A glorial. Look oh, it up. No. Look it up. All right. 
I'm afraid what I'll find. All right, so second, so so you did you did pretty good there, Ross. You matched three, so that's that's a good start. All right, the second one and last one. You guys ready? Okay, ready. All right. So I was watching the Weather Channel the other day. Oh. And Tom Nizzle said a big winter storm was coming that would wreak havoc on the country. It was starting off with a lot of hot air, and finishing with a lot of destruction. I said. They should name it Winter Storm Blank. Okay? So watching the Weather Channel today, Tom Nizzle said this big winter storm was coming that could wreak havoc on the country. It was starting off with a lot of hot air and finishing with a lot of destruction. I said they should name it Winter Storm Blank. How long ago did you watch the Weather Channel? When was this? Oh, wait, are you making this up? You're making this up, right? Yeah, I'm making this up. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. This, this is You're getting too literal, Jen. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, oh, man. I have my answer. All right. Uh, our panelists, you guys good? Ross, do you know what you, you got? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. All right. All so right. one more time. Watching the Winter Channel today, Tom Nizzle said a big winter storm was coming that would wreak havoc on the country. It was starting off with a lot of hot air and finishing with a lot of destruction. I said they should name it Winter Storm blank. Ross. Trump. Winter ah, Storm Trump. I like it. He no, actually, I tried to set this up for you guys, so so <laughs> that, that, that was good. All right, so Winter Storm Jen. Maz. Winter oh, Storm wow. Maz. <laughs> Interesting. Well, Maz, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Hold on. All right, Maz, Maz, Winter Storm what? I had Winter Storm Niz, and I changed it to Jen. <laughs> yeah, neither, neither, neither one of those is, is a match, but uh, Winter Storm Kim, what do you got? Winter Storm what? Well, I kind of kept the theme with the Weather Channel, and you know I love Jim, but I had to say Cantori. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was a good yeah, one. He's not yeah. watching it. Uh, Dina, winter storm. No, mine's kind of boring because you said hot air, so I was thinking like Hilo. Well, oh, there you go. Everybody else. I don't even know what that means. All right, uh, MJ, we'll finish with you. Winter storm, what? Well, this has got to be it. Winter storm, Donald. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is good. That is good. All right, so I, I thought everybody would match that. I kind of set that up. I was uh, trying to and, stay out of. And, well, but uh, yeah, yeah. make it political. Mark. But well, <laughs> hey, uh, you Ross, we're obviously a great sport. Um, thanks for playing. Thanks for joining. I know you got to get to bed because uh, you got you got to get up in the morning. Um, so we will we'll let you go. But hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for participating. Uh, we'd love to have you, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Good thank job. You. All right, yeah, so we're, we're gonna go There's ahead. Uh, we're we're gonna take our first break. Our listeners are gonna hear Brady's Storm School. And our raw viewers will see us behind the curtain. But when we return, you're all going to hear us talk about breaking into our favorite TV shows for severe weather alerts. This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover are things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hello once again, guys, to this week's episode of Storm School. I'm Brady, 
And today we're going to be taking a look at Lake Effect Snow. Now I know if you've been paying attention an episode or two ago, Tom Nizzle actually had a very good in-depth explanation of Lake Effect Snow. You can check that out, but you can also check this out as well, and I'm going to add a little bit of my own tidbits um, as well. So let's get uh, into defining exactly what Lake Effect Snow is. So Lake Effect Snow occurs mainly during late fall and early winter when the lakes are still decently warm from the summer and fall, um, and they're not frozen yet. And the temperature, though, you're starting to get some polar outbreaks. You're starting to get some polar air and Arctic air coming down with these strong, low-pressure systems um, that go over the lake. So basically how lake effect snow works is when you get one of those polar or Arctic air masses or very cold air masses that goes over a warm lake, what it'll actually do is some of that cold air will pick up that warm, moist air that's near the surface, and it'll heat that cold air up near the surface of the lake, and then it'll begin to rise through the layer of the atmosphere. And as it does so, it continues to rise because that air is very, very cold, which means that warmer air at the surface has plenty of buoyancy. It's basically air's ability to rise. So it'll rise and eventually form clouds um, and then snow, and it will eventually move over land depending on the wind direction, um, which will cause some of that lake effect snow. So that's the basic kind of gist exactly what lake effect snow is. Now there's a couple different kinds of lake effect snow. There's single band and there's multi-band. Now single band is where you get that one long band of heavy, heavy snow going over the same areas. Um, and multi-band is where you get, um, it's actually really cool on satellite, you can sometimes see this, you'll get... Um, you'll get air that'll blow over the lake and blow multiple bands of weaker snow showers. Oftentimes, you know, it'll blow off a lake and actually come several hundred miles where these lake effect snow multiple bands will come over, um, you know, cities and give them snow squalls. That, that's also a contributor to a snow squall, which is what we talked about last time. Um, so those are the two differences. The lake, the single bands are much heavier um, and you get the single bands um, you know, the difference between the two all depends on the wind direction. So what exactly is the wind direction in, in relativity to the lake? So if you have, imagine Lake Erie, it's very long, almost like oval shape. If you have the wind blowing basically with the long shape of the lake, so it, it's, so the wind has plenty of time to go over the lake, you're going to have most likely a single band that's called the fetch. Basically, the fetch of the lake or the fetch of the of the snow band. So, if you have that wind that blows over the lake for a long period of time, you're going to get a heavier, more significant lake effect snow band. Whereas, if you have, say, it's, it's same, you know, take the same lake, Lake Erie. Say it's blowing from the north, so it's it's coming across the lake, but it doesn't have as much time to blow over the lake, which doesn't give um, the air enough time to pile up and really form a strong band you're going to have multiple bands coming across that lake, which is going to lead to you know, some more scattered snowfall, most likely some snow squalls, but not necessarily accumulating to several feet like it can in a lake effect snow band. So you know, lake effect snow bands can be very disastrous, especially in places like Buffalo, but you can also have where you have, you know, in downtown Buffalo, say, take Tom Nizzle's example, in downtown Buffalo, it snows one to two feet, and then 5 to 10 to maybe even 20 miles to the south, they get an inch or two. That's mainly because the wind direction stayed the same direction, you know, probably most likely from the, the if you're talking about Buffalo, it's, it's westerly, uh, mainly westerly. It stayed that same wind direction, 
and that caused that lake effect snow band to stay over that concentrated area. So it's a very interesting phenomenon. If you're wanting to predict lake effect snow, if you're looking at a single band, you know, look at the wind direction. That's very much important. You want the wind direction to run parallel to the um, basically the elongated part of the lake, um, and wherever that wind is blowing, that's where that lake effect snow band is going to set up. Um, and then as you get into February and March, or mainly February and January, if the lake is frozen. You're not necessarily, you can still get some light lake effect snow, but you're not going to get those major lake effect snowstorms that you get. You're looking for a difference between the 850 millibar level and the surface level um, at the lake. You're looking at a temperature difference of at least 13 degrees Celsius to give that air parcel plenty of buoyancy. Um, So that was just an overview, guys. I encourage you to go check it out online. There's a lot of really interesting stuff uh, with lake effect snow, and it's, it's a fascinating phenomenon. I encourage you guys to check it out, and let's get back to the podcast. Hola, amigos. See, you guys didn't know I was bilingual, did you? No. Yeah, no, and I'm not. You're so super uh, fancy. Nice. So remember that time that you were watching that cliffhanger episode of The Bachelor or your favorite sports team coming back for a win and your local station broke into the programming because there was a severe storm happening five counties away from you. Uh, remember that? So, so why the heck do they do that? And, and why do you miss your shows because of something that's really probably not going to affect you if it's that far away? So uh, here's what I did. And I'm, I want you guys to chime in. I, I went online and I went to various uh, blog posts or articles. A lot of them were TV stations. Uh, and I looked at some of the viewer comments. And if, if you're wise, you never write anything and then look at your comments section mm-hmm. uh, because you don't you, you have no idea the kind of people that are, are saying things. But uh, yeah. there's some there's some good stuff. So let, let me share one with you. Uh, here's one viewer said, understand the need to notify people of the weather event. Starts off good, right? Mm-hmm. We watched the news the next day, and it was announced that Jeopardy would be shown at 3 in the morning. <laughs> we, we taped the station at that time, and the program was not at that time. We never saw the end of the Tournament of Champions and never knew who won. Oh, mm. my gosh. They can't look I it up on the Internet? That's what I was thinking. Google. <laughs> Google because that. of that damn storm. Yeah. Yeah. Here, hey, here's another one. So, so, hey, here's a solver for everyone. <laughs> is a comment. Make it a small box at the bottom corner. It should be our decision how we want to react to these warnings anyways. If you do that, then you can say you did your part. It's not that big of a deal to make the interruption a small box. A lot of people pay big money for TV, and I, for one, don't like to be interrupted. It's always so amazing to me when it's like severe weather, life-threatening, people could die, and people are like, I I didn't get to see my show. And I'm like, really? Like, but Jen, it's not going to happen to me. Come I, on. I know. It's That's so crazy. Well, so what about, so, so two things on that comment, obviously you said something about, uh, pay big money for TV. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're watching the local channel that got interrupted, you that's that you're probably not paying for it. But <laughs> regardless, what about that idea? What about throwing the, you know, the picture in picture deal? Why can't, why can't we do the little small box let them watch their big show and still oversee it that way. Yeah, it would be cool. 
if they had an option where you had a small box and then if it, you saw it was your county, you could make that your main, like you could choose the box to watch. You know what I mean? Or right. if it didn't impact you, it would just stay in the lower right-hand corner. There's um, still the crawl though, right? We still have the yeah. crawls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At the bottom that kind of go like uh, tornado warning for such and such counties. And I mean, I could see well, when they get into like a tornado warning and then they cut in. Yeah. Well, I remember we've had that technology for years, right? Yeah. The ability to yeah. put that little picture in yeah. picture. But I've, frankly, I've never really seen that. I've seen the crawl and yeah. I've seen the little map where, again, we've talked before about if you don't know your geography, that yes. little map of counties mm-hmm. probably means absolutely nothing to people. Right. But wh- why, why can't we put that little We should be able picture? to. They should be able to. We've done it a lot. We even show like in the corner, they'll show the radar or something. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they couldn't show a map or an OCM or somebody in there talking about can, it. Can we all? Can we all be honest here? I mean, but nobody would watch. Like, we're come on. We're, we're all lonely and we miss the phone calls and emails from viewers, don't we? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's a very true fact. I have um, a story from when I was in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I was an on-camera meteorologist, and we had a derecho moving through the viewing area during the series finale, not the season finale, Uh-oh. but the series finale of ER. Oh, not ER. No. Oh, oh, my God. George Clooney. Oh, boy. You don't understand. It was so many phone calls, emails. It was, like, unbelievable that and, – and we re-aired it um, on Saturday night. So, I mean, they still got to see their show, but, boy, I mean – There had to be some hate going on there. Yes. Uh-huh. And the thing is, like, you know, I mean, you've got a severe line of storms with tornado warnings on it, too. I mean, what are you supposed to do? And so, I mean – that was my first experience, and that was within like a few months of graduating, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and so it, it was intense, but um, but it, it, it's just hard. I mean, you you can't win either way, you know. If for some reason you didn't break in and you know people did die and it was a horrific tornado, they would yell at you for why didn't you actually warn us, you know. Right. Do you, do you take? Do you guys take that in, into consideration? I mean, Maz, you've got a obviously local TV background too. Do you take into consideration what's on right now to yeah. go? Well, let's shorten how long we're on, or let's yep. make it quicker. Absolutely, yeah. I did. If it was something, I'm like, they're like, hey, stand by. I'm like, we need to wait thirty more seconds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because because <clears throat> I'm like, I am not going to take one million phone calls. Because it will, it will happen. But <clears throat> usually, there's like assistant news directors like standing over there doing one of those. Are you going on? Are you going on? <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, I'm going on. They're like, go on. You got to be first. You got to be first. I'm like, hey, listen, we'll be on. And that's, that's true too, though. You you brought up a good point, Maz, because it, it's always a competition within, or it always seemed like within local stations, you wanted to be the first one on and the last mm-hmm. one off. So then everyone's staying on forever because you're just like, I can't, you know, you don't want to be the, the station that's not on. And that was always a stress with news directors too. But I remember like we would air the Kentucky Derby and they're like, Jen, let the race go, let the race go and then break in, you know? So it's advertising dollars too. Yeah. Advertising yeah. dollars. You, you guys talked a little bit about the crawl, you know, at the bottom mm-hmm. of the screen. Here, here's another comment comment I found. I live in tornado alley and weather warning stuff on the TV bugs me personally. <laughs> I dislike how they change the show's quality. And in parentheses says goes from normal to 
<laughs> so they can run bars across the top and bottom of the screen saying it's raining. But it's fear-mongering, and fear-mongering gets viewers. That's a hater. That's yeah, a- that is a hater. <laughs> wow. Is there truth to the whole fear-mongering thing, though? Like, as you said, you've got to be first. you got to be first. I, I disconnected the fear-monger button on mine. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I it still- comes down to there's, like, there's always a difference between what the meteorologist say- says and what like the news directors want. Because every meteorologist I've ever met is more level-headed and know when they really have to get in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when everybody else is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Come on, hurry up. And I don't think there's fear mongering, but it's just, again, like you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you yeah. don't. Like, God forbid it's an mm-hmm. EF5 tornado and you just, you know, you're only briefly on there and then it's, you know, you, you get in trouble and, and people die. Yeah. I mean, it's just well, with weather, you sometimes have to prepare for the worst case scenario, but it doesn't always happen. Um, and it's not fear mongering. It's just letting people know what could happen just so they know and they're prepared. So. Well, people's lives have been, you know, they've been ruined. Their careers have been ruined because they didn't, they didn't act on it like they should have. So the air on the side of pissing some people off, basically. I got to ask, though, do you guys that were on air still have like nightmares of maybe there was a tornado and you forgot you were supposed to be on air that day? Anything like that happen for you guys still? Um, not anymore, not anymore. But I used to like, I, I used to kind of, you know, freak out about that. And it's funny cause my husband and I, we used to work at competing stations and on our off days when there were, was severe weather and tornado warnings, it's like who backs out of the driveway first. <laughs> <laughs> but he always let me go. He always let me Aww. go. <laughs> That's why you married him. Exactly. He was exactly. afraid you're going to hit you. Hit him. But, you know what's so funny is that now, like, meteorologists are speaking out. Like, you'll watch James Spann, you know, and other meteorologists will be like, look, guys, there's severe weather. You, we may break into the programming tonight, and but we're going to do it. Like, meteorologists are fighting back. And I feel like before, news directors would be like, you can't say anything like that. Like, you just always have to be, I don't know, whatever. But but now it's almost okay for you to be like, look, guys, respect the fact that, you know, we're trying to protect some people in the viewing area. We should so. form a march. <laughs> you know, I, I would think I would think the viewer phone calls have decreased a little bit since now. Now they tweet can, it now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to you can stream because can't you stream those shows now? Like if yeah, you, you can it, stream you can it online and watch it on just go, just do it at work tomorrow when you go to work. Just watch the show that you missed. Yeah, I, w- I would think that would be okay. There's one um, station in Kansas, I believe, that they have this like cool uh, remote control where they can control different sections of their viewing area or the state of Kansas where they break into. So they're not breaking into the entire state or DMA that they have. They're only breaking into the section that's actually getting the severe weather which is really cool, but nobody else has it. And it's probably really expensive. Yeah, I would think so. But yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. I, I still, I still am surprised that that little picture and that more people aren't using yeah. that mm-hmm. more stations don't use that option. Maybe it's just not as effective or. I don't know. Cause again, like, yeah. you have to, you're going to have to do something. If you're going to do the picture in picture, I suppose you let your audience still see their show, but they're not going to hear it. Cause now you're, you're cutting in audio 
And they're still going to be pissed off about that, too, I'd imagine. But, yeah. I mean, even if they, they there's something bad going through, how many people, if they're watching their show, are really going to click on it? I mean, really? Right. I mean, I would think, like, they just, some people just are oblivious. Well, and, yeah, right. You know, and they're sure, not yeah, going to click do on everything, and you're still going to get comments like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They'll find a reason, no matter what. Yeah. Well, tell us, uh, we want you guys, all our listeners and viewers, tell us what you guys think. You can comment by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com, or you can comment on our Facebook page or Twitter account. Uh, We'll share those responses on our next show. So we're going to go ahead and take our final break. When uh, When we come back, we've got your weather fools and WX resources to share with you. Hi, I'm Dr. Elizabeth Austin, author of Treading on Thin Air, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. All right, it's time for Weather Fools and WX Resources. Jen, let's take us through Weather Fools. All right, this is the best part of the show, hands down, Weather Fools. It's the funniest, and it's absolutely hilarious. But Weather Fools, we look at videos from around the world, actually, of people not doing the smartest thing in sometimes not the best weather. Um, And so I'm going to let... Would you say? You're so kind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was a weather fool last week. Let's keep that in mind. I was a weather fool last week. I spun my car out in the ice. No, that doesn't make you a weather fool. I, I like to equate the weather fools to, do you guys ever see, have you ever seen the movie or the TV show on MTV called Jackass? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that is like weather fool territory right there. Yeah. Basically pushing the limit with mother nature. Um, so we're going to start off with Dina, actually. Okay. All right. I'm going to try to share my screen. All right. So this one we played a couple times on our uh, mobile app, but it's mainly this guy, you know, he's got, um, he couldn't get his truck out of the snow. And, um, when he finally did, he literally had like four or five feet on top of the car you can see as this car's driving by that the weight of the snow is pushing down on the car. It's so funny and it's so high. And oh you know, God. as soon as it hits the wind, it's going to fall off and hit who's ever behind them. God, yeah, look at that thing. You got to love you know, and, I, and I've done a weather pool before where like sheets of ice come off your car. Yeah. 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 But this yeah. one just cracks me up because the, all you had to do was hit it with a broom. Yes. <laughs> or you something. know, you can. You can it hear the drivers. A pretty behind. big ass broom, though. Yeah, you know, the well, maybe, but come on. The people behind will be like, "Hey, what's that up there? Let's get closer and see." That's a big old thing of snow. Oh crap! Would <laughs> <laughs> probably pull them over, right? That has to be legal, yeah, kind that's of. So, that's so dangerous! Oh yeah. my gosh! But it was literally like four or five feet above. The oh bed God. of this pickup truck. I'm like, come He's on. Showing off. He's showing off. If you could fall. see if you could see the back of that pickup, he's he's one of those guys that's got the, the pair of like cow balls hanging from his hitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's that guy. Like Calvin peeing on something. Those <laughs> yeah, got bumper stickers. Yeah. That was good, Dina. That was really good. Phil, right, what about you? Cool. All right, so uh, my weather fool, uh, which I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to uh, share it on screen because it doesn't need that, but this is from uh, Channel 10 WALB, 
in uh, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And this was uh, back, uh, what's the date on this? January 12th, uh, after some storms had come through the Albany, Georgia area. Uh, there was an, just a brief article about people had lost power. And so there were some burglars that were stealing property. Uh, they lose power, and, and this, you know, happens Aww. as well during storms and yes. everything else. But right. they're they're talking uh, they're talking to this gal Marty Lalick, who lives in Central Albany, and she said she thinks her dog scared off someone trying to steal her own generator from her yard a couple days ago. "Quote: These people want to sell this stuff, they want to pawn this stuff, and they want to get drug money." She said. "I mean, think about it. It's not like it used to be, and everybody's got their own problems. But stay away from my stuff." And so, yeah, so my weather fools are those damn burglars that aren't staying away from their stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. During the storms. That's just, that's weather, weather jackass is really what Yeah. 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 It really is. Especially when there's like horrific weather that's killed people and destroyed property. And, you know, that's all they have left. And people are still trying to take that. And you're like, really? Like. That That's when you hope you see the best in people, not the worst. And you see both during those situations. Always you see both. Always. Yeah. No, that's ridiculous. All right. I'm going to share my screen or attempt to. Um, and this is, do you guys see that? Yep. It's coming yeah, up. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Okay. So this is Montreal. This is in December of last year. So not that long ago. And you've got this street and it, it looks like there's a little bit of an incline. And it's a little bit of a hill. And it's got snow and ice on it. And you've got a bus that just can't get, it doesn't <laughs> oh get traction. So I'm, I'm on schedule. Yeah, it's pushing, <laughs> so it's pushing all these cars into the intersection. You've got another car going down the same hill. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm not going to make it. And, oh, I, I, I flip sideways. And then you've just got more and more cars attempting to go down this hill. Oh, and no. you got a truck that rear-ends the bus. I mean, it's just nonstop, and there's nothing you can do. And there's more video of the bus just like I'm – you can tell even with the tires, there's no traction whatsoever. It's just – Oh my god. That bus driver quit that day. I guarantee you. I'm done. I'm done. Yes. It's very scary. So that's kind of my weather fool. If you know that, you know, you're going to, you know, or there's a hill and there's ice, just don't go down it. I've learned that. (laughs) I I was the weather fool last week. So yeah. Oh. But Jen, everybody thinks I've got four wheel drive. I can do it. I'll be fine on ice. Like, well, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Mine was, I, I just, I know. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it, it's just, we're still in winter and it's just be smart when you drive. That's all I have to yeah. say. Mm-hmm. I got me a right. new set of snow tires. Oh, that was mine. So I'll go ahead. I'm going to share Kim's. Uh, oh, cool. so you, you'll have you have to watch maybe in the lower lower part of my screen because I'll be sharing it, but Kim will be talking about it. Okay. All right. So this is the Albany, Georgia tornado, and as you can watch, this guy is actually sitting in his car, videotaping this, and he's screaming. A tornado. We're getting hit by a tornado. We're getting hit by a tornado. And he, you can see all the debris. I mean, he's not far from this tornado. Now, what I can tell, from what I can tell, he has his window open and there's debris flying everywhere and he's videotaping this. And he's freaking out, but he's still videotaping it. He's, so he's not turned around going the other way. He's sitting there, you know, like, what is wrong with you? This tornado is crossing the road in front of you. You're not headed the other direction. 
you're filming this, debris is everywhere, and you could hear it. I mean, you could see the water being sucked right up into it off the roadway. That's scary. And, and he's an amateur, and here's this guy, you know, just sitting there filming this tornado, scared out of his mind, but he won't turn around and go the other way. So that's the weather fool, you know. Yeah, no, that Come is on. a weather fool. Some go the other way. Yeah, some people get too close, and I think they just get stunned, or they're just like, I'm going to get the clip, I'm going to get the video, and it's yeah. just, it's crazy. I, I love the screaming, I'm in the tornado! <laughs> <laughs> Move your butt, buddy. That's great. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's a good video, Kim, a very good video. All right, so we'll, we'll, uh, those of you that want to watch, if, if you're listening and want to see those, we'll actually post <laughs> the links to those. Uh, on our show notes, go to stormfrontfreaks.com. And if you go to each, yeah, you go to our episode 19 show, pull that up. You'll see all the show notes as well. And, and we'll have the links attached to those. Uh, so you can go ahead and, and see them. So let's hit our WX resources, Mass. Oh, hey, before I forget, <clears throat> if you clicked, like when you said, look in the very small box, you could see it. If you had clicked on Phil's name, it would have made it full screen so the rest of us could see it. Yeah, I did while, that right at the while end. Somebody else is talking about it. So I did that right at the end. Cool. Good job, guys. Awesome. Cool. All right. All right. We learned All right so there. now <clears throat> time for weather resources. The most important and exciting part of the show, Jen. Just saying. Anyway, so weather. Some people... What was that? What was that? Some people think. Some people think. I guess we'll see. Let's kick things off with Dina. Tell us something exciting you have. Okay, let me share my screen again. All right, so uh, that's the wrong one there. Okay, mine is the College of DuPage. So this is the one time I didn't use an app. I used a web page. And at the top here, you could see all kinds of models that you can pick from, the her. And if you hear us all talking about these models, like you don't know what they mean, like the her and the rap and the NAM and the GFS but they give you the name, the high resolution rapid refresh. You can click on a region. This is what I was doing during our severe that we just had. You can click, like I like this significant tornado or um, significant uh, uh, tornado. You can click through and at the top, you can kind of just run through the loop. Oh, that's cool. It's really, really nice. And it's nice because you can click to each model. You can click over to a different one. And there's so many parameters on the left. You can get the model. You can you can even back up a model run if you want. Uh, you can go up to the upper atmosphere, like 250, 500, and so forth. But there's all kinds of products here. Is that I mean, a pro- is that a pay per view kind of service? No, or- this one's a free one. Sweet. Um, and and I know most of the meteorologists I work with, a lot of us use it. Um, but I, I, this one made me think about it because with our severe weather that we had here, the tornado outbreak, um, I was really looking at that, um, uh, the her at some point and I was getting on that tornado, uh, a significant tornado one and going through and comparing models. And it, it's really great. It it's, it's a real helpful one. If you want to, especially if you want to geek out. Yeah. And that's like every hour, right? I mean, you could do an hourly loop like every hour. Yeah. You can loop right. through the whole, mo- through the whole yeah. thing. That's cool. It's a great website. That's and that's weather, yeah. weather.cashondelivery.edu. Is that what it is? <laughs> weather.cod.edu. And I had the forward slash forecast because I, I just have that bookmarked uh, where where I like it. Um, but, you know, you can you can kind of go through all kinds of things on here. All right. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. All right, Kim, can you top that? 
<laughs> I, I don't know. Can I talk over? Is um, somebody able to bring this one up for me, or do I just talk about it? Go ahead. Uh, I got I, it. Yeah, I can't. I'm not bringing it up. Oh, so okay. talk about it. Okay, I do want to show this at some point, but um, uh, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, you guys, talk, I'll see if I have time to bring it up here. Okay, the Sims uh, Tropical Cyclone webpage mm -hmm. out of the uh, University of Wisconsin. Just a great, um, great website. Anyway, for people who, it's really a tool. It's a website that's a tool for forecasters. So you're not going to get a forecast on it, but you're actually going to be able to make a forecast by looking at this website, especially for tropical weather. I mean, it's tropical weather. But if you want to find out, you know, shear above a hurricane at different levels you can you can actually put that over the top of it so you actually layering over a satellite image to see you know what the atmosphere is doing so i've so, so i've got it pulled up there's an invest area i'll tell you when there's an invest area and there's one looks like over in western australia and if you click on that then you can start putting layers over the top of that and you can actually you know, see what's going on in the atmosphere so it's it's, it's a great tool for people who are trying to forecast um, tropical cyclones. So that's one I used a lot when I was at the Weather Channel. Just love that one. That's it's awesome. Great... That is good. Yeah. There's some pretty new, a lot of the universities have some very cool sites. They do. Yes. I didn't yeah. even know this one existed. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Makaitis, you know, that, they're, they're great up there. So hmm. um, mainly satellite data they use and mm -hmm. um, a lot of high-res stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool. Whatever happened to the the rapid update cycle? Whatever happened to that? Yeah, it's there. The rock, it's still there. Mm -hmm. Is it like bend over and using a cane? <laughs> yeah. now, hey, hey, it's on the uh, College of DuPage. Yeah, okay. it's right. on Right Weather too. Yeah. Cool. All right, thank you for that. All right, Phil, you're gonna wrap us up with the like most studly one. All right, so I'm going to wrap up with one as as, uh, as some of us have had some nice weather and and it's make kind of getting us giddy for the uh, severe storm season. Um, this was brought to my attention by storm chaser Skip Talbot, uh, but it is the El Reno tornado survey. So this covers the El Reno tornado from uh, May 31st of 2013, and and what this is. Uh, is the webpage itself, it covers the, the tornado from the perspective of multiple storm chasers. And what's kind of neat about this is you can pick, uh, like if you look on the screen right now, it shows in the background, and I don't know if, if uh, internet speed, because it's trying to run four different um, videos at the same time, but it shows in the background, you can actually pick uh, velocity uh, velocity radar so you can kind of see where the tornado is. It gives you a storm track of the tornado as well. Mm -hmm. And it shows you where all the storm chasers that submitted footage were during the entire track of this tornado. That's and awesome. uh, again, it's not pulling up right now, but there's four different screens. And if, if this were playing, which I'm trying to get it to play, you would see all, you here we go. You, you'll oh, see wow. the link. Of all four storm chasers, it's oh, synchronized awesome. exactly the same time from their point of view. Oh, my God. That's awesome. You can see exactly w when the tornado was forming from certain points of view. You can see the path that the tornado took. You can see how the storm chasers, the routes that they took uh, in and around the tornado. There are actually some where there's uh, one tornado that actually went uh, basically almost right near somebody not over somebody but right near somebody all kinds mm -hmm. of debris similar to the the weather fool that kim showed but it's just kind of a neat view of 
how that tornado formed, where it went, and how these different storm chasers saw it from different points of view. That is awesome. Yeah, so this is uh, lrenosurvey.net is the the site location. Okay. Um, But if you you actually go... Yeah, can I say, sorry, ladies, I think Phil wins on this one. You think yeah. I think that's yeah, If you go to the, the homepage, which is l-reno-survey.net, uh, mm-hmm. it talks about the survey, how it was all put together, all these storm chasers got together. Um, it, it's just kind of a, a neat way to study that particular uh, tornado. Oh, yeah. oh, that's so neat. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, me too. So, and so what we'll do is, uh, again, we'll have all those on our show notes. Uh, if you go to stormfrontfreaks.com, look up episode 19 once we get that posted. Uh, if you didn't have a chance to see those or you want to play around and look at those, uh, just go to our show notes for that episode and we'll have all those links on there. So, so I think that about does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast and Stormfront Freaks Raw. Wait, thank you for. This is where we all smile. Remember, guys? Remember? That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Good, 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 good smile. Uh, so thanks for listening and watching. If you like the show, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes or like us on YouTube. Uh, that's beautiful. Uh, and if you didn't like the show, tell us what we can do to make it better. Hey, a special thanks to our guest, Ross Ellett. Uh, he was awesome tonight. Yay. And our next, our next episode in two weeks on February 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, will be with Chris Sanner. He is Ooh. the co-founder of Tornado Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So follow our Twitter and Facebook accounts for the links to our YouTube channel if you'd like to watch it live, because uh, we'll show that live. Okay. Um, and with uh, with that, we'll, we'll leave it for MJ, Maz, Brady, Dina, Jen, and Kim. I guess Brady's not here. So for MJ, Maz, <laughs> Dina, Jen, and Kim, uh, I'm going to signal the all clear, and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices, zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.